okay. All right. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We're back. I didn't edit last week's episode yet, so <laughs> who knows when this episode's going to get edited, but <laughs> we're back. Jesse, would you like to tell us what we're reading today? <laughs> today, we are reading Taco Bell Quarterlies at this week's meeting of the Young Mountain Movers. Also, if anyone hasn't heard of Taco Bell Quarterly, you absolutely need to follow their Twitter. You need to go buy their merch. I wish they sponsored us. They'll never hear this. But if they do, Taco Bell Quarterly, we love you. We love you. I love the Taco Bell Quarterly. I'll be honest, I haven't read a piece from a Taco Bell Quarterly yet before this piece, but I love their mission. Fuck the establishment. Um, fuck you, Paris Review. And <laughs> yeah, this was a good piece. This was a good piece. I love living Moss, I guess. Live Moss. Yeah, the whole shtick of the Taco Bell Quarterly, for those of you who don't know, is that you have to mention Taco Bell in your piece. And they got mentioned in this piece because someone's mom brought snacks from Taco Bell. Yeah, I really thought it was only going to mention Taco Bell once, but Taco Bell made a sizable appearance in this. That's right, they were eating some tacos. It was good. It was a good time. Baja Blast. You know I've never had a Baja Blast. I've never had a Baja Blast. Do you like Taco Bell? Do I like Taco Bell? Honestly... I don't think I do. <laughs> I I like their hard shell tacos, like if I have to get something from there. But it's also because I have never had a Crunch Wrap Supreme, and I think I really want to try that. Hmm. I think I've had a Crunch Wrap Supreme. It was nothing to write home about. I think I would <laughs> put Taco Bell in a pretty low tier of fast food restaurants. But their branding yeah. is very on point. Exactly. Like, I find it very hard to justify me getting Taco Bell living in Arizona when they're just yeah. a wide variety of you know, Mexican food I can actually enjoy. Yeah. Plus, like, but, why would I even, you know, if I'm going to get fast food, I'll get, like, McDonald's or something. Why would I go to Taco Bell, which is just, like, an dude. inferior product to mcdonald's yeah i don't like and i don't understand why so many people love taco bell but they really really love it and a lot of fans enough fans to start a literary magazine about them apparently i think we should both try to submit to the taco bell quarterly i think we should i'm gonna figure you know i started writing again not really i wrote one paragraph (laughs) For the first time in like two years, uh, hey, he admitted a lot. he admitted on the literary <laughs> podcast. But um, yeah, I'm a fear I would include Taco Bell in the piece. But um, okay. yeah. Anyway, we should probably talk about the actual piece itself. <laughs> totally, we'll debrief after. That's right. Um. Okay. So, you have a two-sentence summary that you'd like to share with the class? I do. I would like to share with the young mountain movers my summary. (laughs) 
my summary is that there's a guy, there's a pastor in charge of a bunch of kids in this after school program, and he's supposed to teach them about God. But, you know, just like the rest of us, he has no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and that's kind of the general vibe of the piece is that, you know, no one has any idea what's going on. Yup. Yup. I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that other than, like, the, I don't know, the analogy that he uses. I think I had to read it, like, a couple times, and I'm still not 100% sure if I understand what the heck he was saying. But, yeah, I also learned that, you know, kids, they don't really care about Jesus. They don't really care about God. They're just trying to live moss and figure it out. Live moss. That's right. <laughs> The cave. Yeah, his metaphor. His metaphor was that we're all living in a cave, and one day we'll be saved by Jesus and get out of the cave. Which is an interesting metaphor. Yeah, but what did he say? He was like, "Life is the cave. The world is the cave, and heaven is being out of the cave." Yeah. The world is the cave, Jesse. The world is the cave. When You know, when we're human beings, we're all just stuck here. We got armpits. They get sweaty. We have no idea what's <laughs> going on. And then one day we hope to get out of the cave and see the light. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Yeah, I mean, if I mean, if the world is the cave, then yeah, if you're living in the world, then yeah, I guess you're stuck in the cave. So I guess, fine, that does make sense, but... It's just so weird to say it like that. Yeah. Well, I feel like that might just be a lie to, like, get the masses under control. It's like, oh, yeah, the world is kind of shitty, but that's the cave. And then once you die and we're not responsible for you anymore, then it gets good. So you just got to chill out until you die. Right. I really appreciate the kid who, like, made fake farting sounds in the cave. Um, That was funny. He really broke the ice there. Right. Um, Also, so random that they mentioned the boys in Thailand. I was like, whoa, that's interesting. (laughs) A very topical piece. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, all right. Um, I think that's a thing pastors like to do is, like, relate lessons of jesus to the modern day is that what they do yeah i'm sure if you go on tiktok and look up pastors you'll find a lot of cringy pastors trying to like relate jesus to the you know to the modern day yeah it's like jesus was the original influencer he had so many (laughs) haters everyone was hating on jesus and he had his own his own hype house with with, <laughs> with a guy named Mark, Matthew, John. But then there's this one influencer in the hype house, Judas, and he he was not having it, so they had to kick him out of the hype house. Yo, honestly, speak your truth, preach that gospel. That's right. But then Judas 
you know, he called the cops on the hype house and he said, hey, these guys are underage. They're not supposed to be living here, this whole situation. Yeah, that's what pastors do. And I guess that's what, what's his name? Pastor Matt. Mm-hmm. Pastor Matt's an interesting character. Yeah. Do Does you he, think do Pastor Matt is actually like religious? Do you think he believes in what he's saying? That's a tough question. I think so, but like all of us, he has its, his doubts, you know. Mm. Do you, like, you know, I would consider myself, you know, maybe there's something out. You know, I try to believe in God because, you know, I need, I'm not strong enough to have the willpower <laughs> to continue through life. <laughs> Knowing that it's all meaningless and I'm just going to, you know, is all going to be empty up here for a hundred billion years after I die. That's a very hard thing for me to come to terms with. So I try to believe in God. But also, you know, it's tough sometimes. It's like, well, this guy's not being very logical because he's also making a lot of suffering in the world. So it's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm in a similar boat, just searching for a meaning, wanting to believe that there is a plan out there for me. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it seems that you're more acquainted with uh, the religions than I am. I really want to read the Bible um, because some of that storytelling and those stories, like I have been reading some stories in the Bible and I'm like, yo, this is like really well written and these like people or characters or whatever you want to call them some of them are off their rockers like betrayal greed like very like human things and i'm like just i'm like damn Um, foundational stories for humanity right also like old testament god was just like not playing around like Wasn't he the one who was like, hey, Abraham, kill your son. JK, JK, JK. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the moment I was thinking of. He's like, if you love me so much, here's what I'm going to have you do. Psych. Yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah. That's the God. I feel like that's why. Um... Well, do you think, did Pastor Matt like have cancer or something? Didn't he? I I didn't get oh. to do my whole double read. That's right. The cr- the reading between the lines, I thought he had cancer or something because what's it? Sharon Hutchinson was like her his hair was different in a way that made her feel sad. That's on page 3. Then mm. on the bottom of page 3 it says, "You can yeah. beat this thing," Jeremy Hauser's dad said, and next to him, Robin Dernbanger's mom. <laughs> There's some funny names in this piece. Robin Dernbanger's mom touched the corners of her eyes with a Taco Bell napkin. Mm. So I thought he had, like, some kind of sickness or something that was going to... Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, and it totally makes sense why he's, like, really emotional. Um, and, like, very much searching for a reason yeah like when he goes because of the bible pastor matt said in a cracked voice because that's what it says and it's like oh 
poor Pastor Matt. Yeah. Dang. Anyone can say things, Pastor Matt. Anyone. I could tell you to, you know, jump off a bridge. Mm. Doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah. Oh. I feel kind of bad for Pastor Matt. He didn't get any respect. He was trying to teach these kids some stuff about life. Getting mm-hmm. farted on. <laughs> oh, I think you're definitely right because it says the Bible says you will not give us more than we can bear. So I guess that means if it's happening, then I can bear it, right? Ugh. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a tough life. It's a tough life. Pastor Matt. This piece was kind of funny, though. Not to take away from Pastor Matt's suffering. <laughs> but I thought it was funny. I like it when he was like, Do you mean Rachel P. or Rachel W.? Someone asked. Rachel P. is at her dad's this week, someone else said. Then I mean the only Rachel here today, Pastor Matt said in a sharp voice. Yeah, Pastor uh, Matt was done with so. these kids' shit. Yeah. Pastor Matt. Yeah. The cave. The cave of life. That's right. Did you have a favorite word in here? A favorite word? No. <laughs> Do you have a favorite word? I'm looking at it now to see if I have a favorite word. I will have to say I love the word buoyed. Buoyed is a good uh, one. Or blorped. Blorped was a really good one. Yeah, blorped. I was like, whoa, when I've never seen blorped in a uh, piece before. Blorped. I liked Peter, as in waiting mm. for the laughter to peter out. Mm, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Do you think it has any overused literary words? Any overused literary words? You know, like, one of those words that's, like, in all the pieces? Yeah. I'm looking now. As you can tell, didn't do my homework while, uh, reading the piece. <laughs> Creased. Creased is, a Ooh. used a lot. Yeah. A voice just above a whisper. They use that Mm. a lot, too. I feel like breath is used in a lot of pieces. Breath is used a lot. In a shaky breath. Yeah. Or unshakable. Unshakable. Like, like things... Oh, and, and saved, like, salvation, I feel like, is something that's, like, in a lot of literary things. Yeah, because that's what all humans are looking for. Salvation. Yeah. Honestly. Um, do you have do you have a word that you would use to describe this story? Yeah, I was about to ask you, Jesse. What do you think like the overall point of this story was? Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. Um, what do I think? Um, I'm like rereading the ending. 
I think it's a story about, like, hope and also just about, like, youth, you know? Because mm. I think about these little, um, what are they called, mountain movers and young mountain movers. And I just think about how oblivious the kids are to Pastor Matt. Like, they don't give two shits. They're like, yeah, they just, like, take it for granted. They're like, ah, yeah, I have to go to this, like, after-school thing. I don't really care. I just get Taco Bell each week. Like, it's lit. Um, Yeah. They're like, Pastor Matt's a real loser. Yeah, they're just like, they're like, whatevs. And it's only, like, the adults who I feel like are... Under, who understand that suffering. Yeah. And I feel like this piece is about a little bit of that like youth nostalgia where you're where you're kind of oblivious to certain things and um and how sometimes only like adults are sometimes only adults are stuck really deep in that cave, you know? I guess that cave of yeah. suffering. Yeah. But, but I also think that's not necessarily true because I feel like kids go through a lot of strife that also goes unnoticed by adults. Um. Mm. But yeah, for me, for me, I think it's about like youth and nostalgia and also like hope. At the same time, it's like just I I I look at the last paragraph when it says. We sat in the back seats of our warm little cars and drove out into the pale dark. Each, each of us buoyed at least for a moment by the unshakable belief that everyone can be saved. And I think that sometimes that's like a very naive, like young thing. So mm. I would say like yeah. young, hopeful nostalgia is kind of the tone of the piece for me. Yeah, buoyed at least for the moment, which means it's temporary. You know. Yeah. They're not always yeah. going to believe that they can be saved. Exactly, exactly. What do you? What do? You, what were your thoughts on this piece and what it meant and whatnot? I feel like this piece was just meaning, or just the vibe I got was that no one knows what the hell is going on in life or just in general. You know, Pastor Matt, he acts like, you know, he's supposed to act like he has the answers to all these kids, but. Pastor Matt doesn't have the answers, you know. What's his face? Some little kid was like, what, you know? Who the fuck says there isn't another cave after this, Pastor Matt? And Pastor Matt's like, "Mm, I don't know. It's just because the Bible told me so. (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah. And Pastor Matt is asking these kids to do something that he can't even do himself. Because he's questioning his own faith. Yeah. What if after this cave, there's just another cave? Or what if it's just nothing? Yeah. It could just be nothing. I feel like, you know, the piece was basically just like, you know what? We're all just figuring it out. No one knows what's going on. Let's just eat some Taco Bell and chill out, everyone, and try not to Mm -hmm. kill each other. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, the word I would use to describe this piece is confusion. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I would use confusion or shakeable. Life is the cave, Greg. The world is the cave. After the cave is heaven. Because of Easter, remember? <laughs> it's like, wait, what? We go to heaven because of the Easter bunny? <laughs> it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't... None of it makes any sense, but... Here we but are. it's okay. Here we are, anyway. Because we all might be saved. Um, yeah. Do you... Do you, uh, when you read this... Who did you think it was like in conversation with or like did you see any similarities to any of the other pieces we've read any similarities the only thing i can think of is that um you know that book the fault in our stars there's oh. also like a there's also like a church group in like a multi-purpose room or something i love john green john green white boy summer <laughs> <laughs> the author of my youth i read all the john green books every single one i was a hoe for that shit i feel like in modern times john green would be problematic but he's probably still going strong and writing a lot of books <laughs> you think so maybe i don't know I don't know. I I just remember <laughs> I just remember in the book Looking for Alaska within like the first I don't know like maybe not several pages, but I feel like early on there was a blowjob scene. Yeah, in the first 100 pages. Yeah, something like that. I feel I like just, John oh. Yeah. What yeah, you no say, you Jesse? No, what were you going to say? No, I was also a big fan of John Green's books as a child, but I don't know. Something about him now just kind of rubs me the wrong way, <laughs> like his writing or I don't know. Have you like revisited it? No. Oh, interesting. It's just you think gestated. it's got like, yeah, you think it's got I think like too a much little, teenage angst? I think it's like a little too white. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's mm. racist. But it's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I am thinking about, like, what the character's done. And let me tell you something. No POC kid gets away from, like, yeah. or gets away with any of that. Yeah. It felt like, I don't know. It's just weird vibes now as an adult looking back on it. You know. mm. Yeah, I think I don't want to revisit it because I don't want to be like, damn, that was disappointing, you know? Like, there yeah. are certain books where I'm like, let me just keep this There's, happy yeah. memory. The first John Green book I read was An Abundance of Catherines, where he dated, like, 23 girls, all named Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> that was so... I remember that That was book. ridiculous. First of all, that guy was, like, 18... <laughs> How the hell did he date 23 kids named Catherine? Yeah. Second of all, why were they all named Catherine? I feel like if my kid did that, I would have put him in a mental hospital after, like, the fifth Catherine. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it is not okay for you to be, like, using these women for their name like this. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, he did. He did see specifically seek out Catherines. He was like trying to collect them like Pokemon's. Yeah, it was weird. Damn, what happened at the end of that book? He, I don't know. He got with some girl not named Catherine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Damn. What was your favorite John Green book? My favorite John Green book? Yeah, when you were younger. Probably An Abundance of Catherine's. (laughs) (laughs) But now, looking back on it, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too harsh on John Green, or I'm jealous of his success. (laughs) But I don't know. Crash Course Forever. Yeah. Crash Course hmm. Forever. That's right. Taco Bell Quarterly. <laughs> I, I, I... Okay, just think about John... Here's their, like... I like Taco Bell Quarterly because it's like, yeah, it's like anti-establishment. It's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put Taco Bell in all our pieces. And I feel like the literary world nowadays is, like, very, like... You know, it's about who you know. Which is fine. A lot of industries... A lot of industries are like that. It's all about who you know. But I feel like John Green and his brother are a good example of this because his brother, Hank Hank Green, wrote a book and it became like this big top seller, right? But what are, you know, he wasn't a writer for like 20, until his brother was a writer and then like 10 years after Mm. he had his YouTube show. So it was really more just like he was famous so then he got to write, publish a book. And also, what are the, like, what are the odds that these two brothers are really good writers? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it probably has more to do with, like, the fact they have connections because they're brothers. You know, no offense to Hank Green's writing. I haven't read it, but I'm sure it's great. But. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, it's also just interesting, like, thinking about the publishing company companies in general thinking about how they're sort of like dictating what becomes good literature what sells like what's going to be picked up like Mm -hmm. and the fact that they're all like merging in these crazy freaking monopolies is like very alarming like it does make me worry about like what kind of narratives are being centered you know yeah and you gotta get an agent all this stuff you know, again, I'm not trying to complain. It's like that in a lot of industries. You have to like, you know, right. it's about who you know. But yeah, but that doesn't make it like. Yeah, right. it doesn't. Yeah. Just interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, it's also like really interesting the influence that the Green Brothers have, like in so many different spaces, and like sure. Maybe I'm just, like, jaded because I'm coming at this from, like, the industry that I work in. And it's, like, obviously the more, like, social influence you have, the more, like, benefits you get, right? And, like, I totally subscribe to, like, Hank Green. Or I follow him. Not subscribe. I I follow him on TikTok. And, like, his content, like, makes me laugh, you know? But it's, like, it is, like, just interesting when you look at followers and what that means for their lives and their careers like the d'amelios like have a hulu show like what you know what i mean yeah 
Oh, yeah. I would just put it this way. It's like, if Hank Green was not John Green's brother, would he have a published book right now? Answers, probably not. Not to say, again, he's not a good writer or, you know, he's not fair, but that's it's just, you know, it is what it is. Just I mean, maybe he out. would because he has a lot of, like, influence on his own, you know? But yeah. one cannot help but wonder. Yeah. Or what if he just... Ne- his brother just was never born. You know what I mean? Hankering was just hankering. Yeah, but then if we're talking about his whole life would be different. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It is interesting. Okay. So this piece is in conversation with the fault in our stars. <laughs> yes. You know, this piece reminded me of what's that piece we read about the women? Um, and the diamonds and the robbery, I forget the title yeah. of it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why, but I feel like these two pieces are in conversation with each other. Because, like, I feel like that piece was, like, the pinnacle of, like, you can be so hopeful, these women can do what want to do whatever they want, and still they get, like, shit on. And it's, like, just terrible, you know? Yeah. And yet at this in this piece there's like some hope. Like this yeah. piece is the precursor to that piece, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I also I think this piece is obviously in conversation with the Bible. The Bible. Not directly. <laughs> Not directly, <laughs> with but Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> yeah. But indirectly, sure. Yeah, and yeah. like what I know what you mean by this piece is hopeful. I feel like this piece is like a nice, it's kind of like a soft shell taco from Taco Bell. It's you know, yeah. quick and <laughs> makes you all warm and fuzzy inside, even though yeah, you're also like, confused afterwards. Yeah, it's like a weird meditation. Is how I read this piece. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lesson that I took away as I was like, well, it's okay to have moments of extreme naivete where I just think, you know, some things will be all right, even if it's just for a moment and that's okay. And then back to reality where everything's like kind of shit. Yeah. On the drive home from the Young Mountain Movers <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the title did it make you feel like there were more um, like there was another series of this no but I did like the title it like you know I like the title a lot too it made it put it set you in a time and place and it was like at this week's yeah I don't know was good (laughs) i think i would literally read an entire book of at this week's meeting of the young mountain movers where like each section is a different date and it's just snapshots like this i would read that that would be good that would become my new bible (laughs) i was gonna say kyle siebel uh yeah if you take that idea you can just send me a check yeah, we want 
royalties. That's right, obviously. Um, was there any, like, writerly, writerly technique that you wanted to take from this? I like that we didn't put, um, whatever it was called, quotation marks for his Yes. Dialogue. That was very sexy. I liked that, too. Very sexy. Yeah. Easy tech, you know, not that hard to do, but it made his piece very sexy. Yeah. I also liked how he, you know, put everyone's full name in the piece. Yep. Yeah. I agree fun. with that. Um, yeah, I think I'll be taking that quotation thing at some point. I kind of want to write a piece with zero punctuation. I think that would be kind of cool. That would be cool, but how would you do it? Just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just to, like, I mean, like, just write a piece and then delete all of your You know, I was trying to, I was trying to find this out. I was like thinking about this. Have you read Beloved? No. You've we've never read Beloved? We've already established on this podcast that I don't read <laughs> any books. <laughs> Dude, you gotta read Beloved. Is it by... Um, uh, who's it by? Toni Morrison. Oh, wait, I have read Beloved. I read it for AP English. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember that, like, section where it's, like, stream of consciousness in that, like... I can't remember if it's, like, a red room or a purple room. I honestly try to block out that book because it's so haunting and honestly scares me. I think Beloved is one of the, like, scariest books I've ever read. Very spooky book. Very spooky book. Um, But I, like, was trying to go back to that section to see if there was punctuation in, in it or not. No, a book that doesn't have punctuation, the sound, and the fury. That's a crazy book. Really? Who's that by? William Faulkner. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, I've only read Absalom, Absalom by William Faulkner. I honestly don't like him. Um, I like the sound in the theory. I didn't. <laughs> it was a very, you know, it's not an easy book to read. I mean, yeah, that's, like, something that's super interesting is, you know, like, Toni Morrison became obsessed with Faulkner. Like, she wrote a whole, her, like, whole thesis on him, and, like, a lot of their books are in conversation with one another, and, like, even Absalom, Absalom, like, as much as I hate it, and I freaking hate that book, like, I still learned a lot from it, and I understand why he's, like, revered as an author, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a guy with writerly technique. Yeah, as much as I don't want to admit it, like, maybe I need to read some more Faulkner. Maybe you do, Jesse. What were we talking Dang. about before? I don't know. Faulkner, <laughs> um, Beloved, you're saying something about, oh yeah, the red room or the purple room. Yeah, I can't remember what it is at this point. Run on um, sentences, that's what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, writerly techniques. Did you have time to do any internet sleuthing? I looked at some of uh, who wrote this piece. Kyle Siebel. His Twitter. Yeah, I looked at some of his tweets. He's he was doing <laughs> some pull, he was doing some slow pull ups on his dude. Feed. I know that's that's also my internet sleuthing of what I did. It says 
Everyone want a thick ass back, but no one want to do these slow ass pull-ups. Yeah. I don't want a of thick course. ass back. It's going to lead to like, back who, problems. Who wants to put in the work? Not I. Yeah, I just want to eat. I just want to eat Taco Bell. Yeah, I want the metabolism I had when I was like 13 and could down like three tacos and come out like skinnier the next day that's right i remember the days <laughs> when i would go to chipotle and just absolutely destroy a chipotle bowl just like <sighs> and it's all gone now i can't even <laughs> now i can't even finish one chipotle bowl it's depressing i know you like eat chipotle you get like start getting like heartburn or some <laughs> shit <laughs> like, that's what... you, pass, you pass out on the floor of chipotle no, honestly, I'm just like, take me to the days I did not have, like, GI distress. Like, what? I miss being young. That's right, drinking glass after a glass of milk. Oh my god, what a dream. Yeah. Miss the days I was not lactose intolerant. Um... Any any last things that you loved about the piece? Did we even say anything we loved about the piece? I think this piece is really great. I like it when it was like... Greg Horn, he says. Because I think, okay, so how do we know? Like, if our whole lives are in the cave, then how do we know what's outside of it is better or even different? Like, what if after this cave there's just another cave? Or what if it's just nothing? That summarizes my feelings about God, basically. <laughs> it's like, well, I yeah. guess if you're telling me I should, I either have to believe in nothingness for a hundred billion years, or you know, a place with a bunch, you know, <laughs> unlimited cake and hose, I'll believe in the <laughs> in heaven. But like, you know, you're not really giving me much of a choice here. Mm. So I like how this yeah. piece really laid bare our relationship with religion, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think that's also what I like about the piece. One thing I also like about the piece is it's so set in space. Like, the fact that um, all of this... Well, first of all, just, like, the title, you already, you're already, like, set in a space um, at yeah. a time. And then, like, physically, the fact that he, like, the author like starts off by being like setting up like there would be no talk everyone would be in this like butcher paper taped up cave you know <laughs> and i like i like the way that like setting is used i'm a big sucker for setting um and so that is what i love about this piece yeah. um but i also you know love the themes that you talked about and like the message of the story even if i was like eh, I, I don't know i don't know i'm confused myself all the time um but it does make me wonder do you think this piece is timeless iconic do you does it burn your literary loins it does burn my i'm gonna say it. this is timeless it is iconic and it does burn my literary loins i just wow like, that's right in fact I like how also this piece, this is, I think this is the first piece where the men are not trash. Which Ooh, is pretty awesome. That's right. We've been on a... But then again, 
this piece doesn't have well actually never mind I was going to say this piece doesn't really have him interacting with other people but he's interacting with a bunch of kids so yeah yeah so good um, for Pastor Matt for not being complete trash at yeah. least in this piece yeah he's definitely not trash um yeah okay yeah I mean just for that I think it I think it uh, becomes slightly iconic that's right. I mean, it, I just like it because it's got a real playful vibe. It does have um, a very playful vibe. And which I think is good for discussing religion. Because if you, you know, if we're talking about religion, like, too seriously, then it becomes like, guys, what are we talking about? Some some guy got really high 3,000 years ago and wrote this book. And now I'm supposed mm. to, like, use it as a guide for my entire life. Yeah. I think I think this also burns. I will say that I think it's. I don't know if it's timeless. I do think it is iconic, mostly because Pastor Matt is not a trash man, and I think it's iconic because of all the Taco Bell references. Like, <laughs> I think all those were excellent. I love the Baja Blast. I love the Taco Bell napkin dabbing the teary eyes. <laughs> Like, it definitely, like, burned my literary loins in that way. Um, And I also really like that it included, like, youth voices. I think those are very hard to, I mean, very easy to mess up. And I think the author did a really good job. So that is, yeah, I like that. That's right. That was a good review of the piece, (laughs) Jesse. Thanks. At this week's like meeting of the Mountain Movers. It was a good piece. I, I feel like I'm not, you know, expressing how much I like this piece enough. It was a very good piece. I liked it. Mm. It made me It made me feel, you know, good for the ten minutes I was reading it. Because it wasn't super yeah. depressing. Yeah, it was a really good, short, fun read. Yeah, I think I think also... I am also not expressing how much I liked it, too. I think I'm just low energy and tired today. I wish our uh, listeners could see me right now. I'm, like, literally laying down, which is something I don't typically do while I record this. But I am just fully in bed laying down as I talk to Winton. Yeah. We should we should have, like, pre-gamed and then gone to a club and then recorded this. <laughs> podcast to express our admiration for it but i enjoyed this piece (laughs) 